Hi, I'm Roger Jackson, host of the Arise Podcast. Today I sit down with Jacob Prallo, pastor of Connections and Church Planning here at Rooftop Church. We are talking about what the church is meant to be. Today we talk about church as a hospital. Uh, welcome back to the Arise Podcast. Uh, I'm here with Jacob. Jacob, how you doing? I am all right, Roger. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, so, obviously, at uh, Rooftop here at uh, Afton, Missouri, we are doing a sermon series on what the church is meant to be, and obviously, uh, that's pretty broad. There's a lot of things that, that the church is and that the church can be, so we, we've gone over a variety of of other uh, of things, other uh, subjects, other you know ideas or thoughts that the church is, uh, but right now, we're going to go over the church, uh, the hospital, uh, a place of healing and a place of hope. So I know it's, it's kind of getting into it. I know you were talking about at the beginning that, uh, hospital wasn't even a, a word when the Bible was written, you know, so obviously there's no context as far as that in the Bible, but obviously Jesus performing miracles and healing people physically and spiritually is something that is in the Bible quite frequently. So, so what does it kind of mean to to be a uh, a church of healing? Like, obviously, I mean, obviously, we we can pray and you know we can we can be used for for physical healing, but obviously, we're not you know laying our hands on on people and just you know we don't have that power like that that he he displayed. But so so how do we how does that apply to a church now of of healing? Yeah, so I mean, that's a great question because, um, you know, very oftentimes when we look at Scripture, we go, oh, Jesus healed people, or Paul healed people, or so on and so forth. Uh, you know, it's easy to kind of make that the expectation. And, of course, there are some churches where that is the expectation, even today. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law attend a church where, you know, miraculous physical healings are the expectation. And to be honest, Roger, I don't want to dismiss that out of hand, but I, I personally have seen very few instances of that uh, in my uh, time on earth. Not that that means that we uh, aren't going to see them or aren't going to hear them or uh, hear of them or anything like that. Uh, but when we talk about our current ter- church, when we talk about rooftop as a place of healing, or as we when we talk about our future church, when we talk about a rise as a place of healing, uh, what do we mean? And, I mean, quite honestly, uh, I think the place to start here is just to remember that people are holistic beings, right? We're obviously physical bodies, uh, but we're also brains, right? We're also hearts. We have uh, mental thoughts. We have intellects. We have emotions. And then, of course, we have uh, our spirits as well. And there's a spiritual dimension to uh, what what we're meant to be as people. And so taking that as kind of the, the starting place... I think very oftentimes today, uh, churches need to be places where mental, emotional, and spiritual healing can occur. Um, again, in addition to the physical, uh, and perhaps in maybe in concert with other resources when it comes to the physical. Um, but that's kind of the, the sort of holistic approach, I think, that the church has always really taken and uh, we can really inhabit today as well. Yeah, I was really... I was really uh, uh, when we were going through, it and you were, you were talking up there, and you know, you kind of went into Luke and talked about uh, Luke chapter five, and talking about 
you know, Jesus with the tax collector, and they're like, why, why, why is he with that person? Why, why is he, you know, with with someone over there? Why is he not with people that share his same beliefs or or people that you know understand what he's trying to do or understand him? Why, why is he with someone different? And you know, he says, you know, th- those who are well, they they don't need healing, you know. So it's like, you know, obviously we're we're as a family, you know, we're together, but to that same point, you know, we're all broken and hurt. And so, you know, it's not, but at the end of the day, you, you need to find the people who, who need healing. It's not just to get into your little comfortable circle and okay, these people think the way I do, you know, we might have a few disagreements, but you know, we've hashed those out and, and now we feel comfortable with each other and, you know, just stay in that circle. You have to reach people who are hurting because that's what Jesus did. Absolutely. And, and I mean, Roger, you and I are going through this book with our small group called The Imperfect Disciple. And kind of the, the big idea behind that book is we're all imperfect. Nobody is perfect. Nobody in the church has everything together. No one in the church is completely whole. We're all broken. We all have our wounds and our pasts and our various things that we come uh, to church afflicted with. And uh, hopefully, again, the church should be a place where people can can learn and grow and uh, receive comfort and care and, and be healed of those uh, those wounds and those imperfections. And then um, I kind of know, I, I know you were, uh, this kind of is what really struck me in this, uh, in this sermon is when you were talking about the fact that if, if Christ heals people physically and spiritually and the church is supposed to be like Christ, we can't expect to go to church and it'd be full of perfect people. Exactly. And I was really like, you know, that's so true. Cause I mean, a lot of times, you know, you, you really do get like that. You're really like, ah, oh, like, come on, like, you don't get this. Like, come on, like, this is easy. Oh, you should know not to do this or this is not a good decision or, you know, why, you know, how is that addiction holding you? Like, you know, like, come on, it, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your family. Like, don't you understand? But, that that's the point of a church is to heal these people. Like if, if we're supposed to heal people as a church, then we can't expect perfect people to be here. Yeah. And I mean, for me, the place I start when I think about this is my past, my past in church. I've attended a lot of churches in my life, uh, partly out of just interest uh, because I like to experience the varieties of Christianity, but also because my family moved a lot. And so we had to, find a number of different church homes, and I just, I remember a handful of churches in particular, you walk in, and even if you're dressed to the nines, even if you got your suit, and your jacket, and your your uh, polished shoes on, you walk in, and there's just kind of this oppressive expectation of your perfection, down to how you dress, but more importantly for the people in the room, how you live, and how you act, and, you know, if you... Uh, would ever happen to say a swear word or let on that you'd watched Harry Potter or, you know, uh, gave any indication that uh, you owned a TV in your home, right? Like, that was totally totally anathema for some of these churches. And I think uh, it's, it's just, it's this misunderstanding of, uh, I mean, probably what it comes down to, it's probably just a misunderstanding of the gospel, right? Jesus didn't come to save us from uh, a lack of sickness, right? When we walk into a church, I don't think Jesus expects us to have all of our uh, all of our lives together. Uh, he's we're going to be broken. We're going to be 
people who have imperfections. And let me be very clear, I don't think that walking into a church not dressed well, uh, or having watched Harry Potter, or having watched television, uh, makes you unqualified to be a Christian. Uh, I think those are that's things that everyone is uh, doing, or a lot of people are doing today, and does that make them inherently right? No, of course, but it also doesn't mean that uh, we can just look down on people who are different than us. You know, one of the questions I asked in the sermon was, is rooftop a place where we can work for, I'm sorry, where we can wait for and work toward restoration, right? Uh, so often, uh, so many times, people walk into our church and, oh yeah, you've been here a couple weeks, oh, you've been here a couple months, why don't you have your life together? Yeah. Uh, that's that's an unfair expectation. People grow. People take time to be transformed. Uh, is the Holy Spirit able to, you know, miraculously turn someone's life around? Sure, of course. Absolutely. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is also able to work over the course of 20 years to transform someone from a, an abusive al- alcoholic to someone who loves God, loves his wife, and uh, is, is able to show love to people too. Both of those th- ways are ways that the Holy Spirit can work. And I think sometimes in the church we expect the former without remembering that the latter is oftentimes how it works. Yeah, that was something else you said that, that really hit uh, home with me was that it's continual healing. You know, it, that, that, that's the whole point of, I mean, not the whole point of it, but like, you know, you go to church on a weekly basis, like it, it's, it's continuous. It's not like you go to church one week and, okay, we prayed for that person and we put it in God's hand and that's it. Like, right. it, it's continual. Like, you have to keep doing it, you have to keep working at it. it. It's something that is, like you said, it's long, it's ongoing, yep. you know? And, and the ongoing part can be frustrating, right? I, I mean, that people who are sinful and people who are, uh, involved in each other's lives, that can be frustrating. But that doesn't mean that it's not important to be patient, to give people the time and space and energy that they need to heal. Roger, you know this. I'm uh, My wife has been diagnosed with, with clinical anxiety and depression. She was diagnosed uh, almost five years ago now. It's something she's been wrestling with for a really long time. And uh, one of the major challenges in our marriage uh, about five years ago was my inability to, to, to recognize that this thing that is wrong with my wife, this illness that my wife has, is not something you can just go to the doctor once or twice and get fixed. Yeah. This is something we live with. It's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing battle. It's something that is getting better through a lot of time and prayer and patience. Uh, things are getting better. But it's a long, hard process uh, of working towards that restoration, of working towards that wholeness. And we do a disservice to ourselves uh, to the work that God is doing and to the people who are in the church when we when we treat them uh, or rather when we forget that the same thing is true of people who have who have spiritual illness as well so I kind of I have a question something I was kind of thinking about um, you know thinking about what the church is meant to be and, and how it's supposed to be healing and, and restoration and just thinking about what thinking about it of what the church needs to do so let me ask you, like, so what happens when you're at a church and that church doesn't heal you, doesn't heal you? Or, or, you know, what happens when you've been to a church that tears you down? Like, what do you do then? Like, how, what, I guess is the process or, or what kind of steps do you need to take when you're in that situation? Because, you know, especially listening to the sermon, like, you know, we get what, or we're learning what we need to do as the church, but, but what happens when, you know, we're at a church that, 
oh, you watch Harry Potter or you do this and that's not how we do it. Like, like what steps do you take there? Because that, that can get toxic. It can get really challenging and really hard and really push you away. So how do you kind of stop where, you know, where it's headed and kind of be able to, you know, stand firm and figure out how to, to get out of that? Yeah, that's great. Great question. So, I mean, the first thing I would say is, you know, what if, what if you're broken and you're in a church and, uh, and you want to do something about it, right? I, the first, my first suggestion would be talk to one of your pastors, talk to someone in church leadership uh, and figure out uh, what resources are available in the church or outside of the church. I think a lot of churches have access to resources. They have uh, programs they're affiliated with. They have people in the church who can help people walk through the process of restoration. And that might not be something that's super advertised. It might be something you actually have to ask about. And so that would be my first uh, my first encouragement, right? I mean, your church may have a uh, may have a Stephen ministry or may have a Celebrate Recovery program that is very specifically designed to help you walk this road of, of healing and recovery, uh, and you just might not know about it. Uh, so that would be my first suggestion. Like, make sure you're exhausting the resources that may be in your church uh, to try and find that healing. But to the kind of the second half of your question, Roger, what about when uh, your church is not a place that encourages healing, it's not a place that encourages restoration? Uh, well, there you have to do you have to do it all relationships, and you have to figure out what an, what uh, what an appropriate boundary is, right? Uh, at what point are things too far? I was talking to a a friend yesterday. Uh, they're having a lot of problems at work right now, and that was the question I posed: what, What's what's the line in your employment that once that gets crossed, you're you know you need to leave, right? Uh, what's what's the the moral and ethical? What's the What's the practical line that you can't cross? And I'd say the same thing is true of a church, right? Some people uh, attend churches that are that just seem to be inherently toxic. Uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of sheep stealing. I'm not actually a huge fan of, of Christians transferring churches uh, willy nilly or easily. Uh, but if you're in a toxic church, you need to leave. You don't need to feed into the toxic environment that is in that church. You need to respectfully and lovingly take leave of that church and, and plug in somewhere that's that's uh, healthier. Uh, others of you are in churches that uh, have some toxicity. Maybe they're not inherently toxic places, uh, but there's just not a whole lot of good things that are going on. Well, there you have to make the decision, hey, am I healed enough? Am I well enough to be part of the solution? Or do I need to go someplace where I can get the treatment that I need so that in the future I can be part of the solution, right? And again, that's going to be a, a really, uh, you know, situation-specific answer there. Uh, and really only you and probably trusted people in your life can make that call. And then others of you uh, are in churches where uh, you've got really good, uh, you know, steps. Uh, you've got a lot of good discipleship going on. You've got a lot of opportunities to to grow and be healed and then kind of work your way into to kind of helping with that process. Uh, and so, you know, whatever wherever your church is, whatever is going on in your church, whatever healing you need and whatever opportunities your church has, you know, make sure you're communicating about what you perceive your need to be and what, the, uh, you know, maybe how you can connect to the church. Uh, make that your first step uh, in, in figuring out kind of where you can go and, and what you can do. That would be my encouragement. Yeah, I was actually, you know, kind of curious about that because I was, I was actually talking to a friend today, talking to somebody at my job, and uh, 
another uh, this lady at my job, you know, when she's prepping her food and stuff like that, you know, she'll she'll listen to Joy FM, and you know the guy doesn't have any problems with that. Like I said, he's a good guy. I've actually really gotten to know him. You know, trying to connect with him, trying to you know invest in his life. And he was talking about church and how when he was growing up, church was you know you had to be dressed up to the nines. Like you had like like you you to him it came off like exactly how you know us as churches now try to you know come as you are he he felt very much like it's funny how important that is because that's exactly what he like those were his words like i feel like i should come as i am and be able to get the same out of it as anyone else and so it's uh it's just interesting how even those little things can i mean like you know and, and i was telling him of course you know i'm gonna plug you know rooftop and i'm like hey man seriously like you know you should come to church like come down here with me. I'm telling you, like, I, I wear sweatpants and Nike flip-flops. Like, it's okay. Like, you can come in whatever you want. Like, it's fine, you know. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, no, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. But it's just, it's crazy how even things that that doesn't seem that serious can seriously affect somebody yeah. and how they perceive the Christian walk, the Christian faith, the people in, uh, people who are Christians, all of it. Yeah. Det- I mean, details... Details talk. Details communicate. People pay attention to the fact that you're wearing uh, jeans on stage. People pay attention to uh, what you're wearing on your feet, even if they can't really see it. I mean, uh, people look at the signage in your church. People pay attention to the parking lot. People notice uh, if they get smiled at when they walk in there. All these things communicate. All these things uh, are important. And uh, I mean, Roger, you just said something that's really interesting to me. You said, you know, a lot of churches today are uh, take the come-as-you-are approach. And I think here in St. Louis, we're actually pretty pretty fortunate to be in a metro area where there are some really big, good-sized, visible churches that have taken that approach for a number of years. But kind of the sad reality of the American church is that that is really not the case for, I would say, at least 95% of churches in America. Uh, we still, most churches still have a strong level of expectation, especially denominational churches, especially churches that have existed for more than 20 years. Uh, And places like Rooftop, I think, are really important. And places like Arise are really important. Uh, For those on the fringes of faith, people who, you know, have that experience with a church in the past uh, and need to come someplace where they can come as they are. And, you know, the, the second half of what we say here at Rooftop is important, right? We say, come as you are, but expect to be changed. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it arrives, our, our, our mission uh, our, is really to be uh, a community of conversation and growth, right, for those who are on the fringes of faith. So it's 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 got to be both and, yeah. right? Um, you don't just come to a hospital to get told you're sick yeah. and to be comfortable with being sick. You actually want to get healed as yeah, well. Yeah, that starting point and that ending point. You know? Exactly. You have but, somewhere you're going to. But you also don't want the hospital to be this terrible, scary just outlandishly, uh, you know, uh, intimidating place. I went to uh, a VA hospital here in St. Louis a couple weeks ago, and um, I, if I were not a pastor who was going there to see someone, if I had not had a pretty, uh, I've got a, a lot of experience in hospitals, I would have turned around and walked away. I mean, that place was nuts. That, that did not seem like a place of healing to me. It seemed like I was at uh, the DMV during lo- during a lunch break, I mean, it was not a welcoming place, uh, and and the fact is that as the church, we need to be welcoming, and we need to be loving, and we need to get, be able to get people in the door so that they are comfortable 
hearing that they need to be healed, and then receiving the healing that only Jesus can bring. Now, we kind of have been talking about this through this through this episode, but I know, you know, towards the end, your, your main points, you were going over, uh, you know, uh, churches should be a place of care, a uh, place of restoration, a uh, place for us to, uh, of emotion, uh, a place to show emotion, and a place of hope. So kind of, again, like I said, I know we've kind of gone over certain things as we've been talking, but kind of just, you know, round that off, like what, what the church is meant to be as far as, as those in, in those situations. Yeah. So kind of in a, in a nutshell, um, you know, the church is supposed to be a place of care. Uh, you know, when someone has a need, does your church step up? Does your church help out with that need? Uh, I'm really super proud of our church. I think we do a great job of this. Uh, just a real, real, real life example of this is, um, we, we serve a, We've got a really robust homeless ministry here at Rooftop, and we serve a pretty decent-sized homeless population here in St. Louis. And the weather's gotten cold this past week. Uh, and last night, after my kids uh, were going to bed, uh, as my kids were going to bed, someone texted and said, "Hey, I need a coat. I don't have a coat." Uh, and I made a couple made a couple calls, talked to a couple people, and uh, someone dropped what they were doing last night and took one of our homeless friends a coat. Wow. Uh, I think that's just a great example of what a church should be. Literally standing in the gap and helping people with their very practical needs and providing care in that way. Uh, so churches should be places of care. Churches should be places of restoration, right? Uh, and and kind of the, the the thought here is it. And we, this is I think really a lot of what we've been talking about, Roger. Uh, things take time. Yeah, it takes time to get people from a place of brokenness to a place of healing. So are you willing to wait for and work towards restoration with people? Uh, hospitals should be places of emotion, right? Uh, the idea, uh, Romans 12 says this very clearly, that we're supposed to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Is your church good at celebrating? And is your church good at weeping? Uh, those are kind of the questions I would ask about you. And and being okay when when you're one and, you're, and the other, like, yes. when you're weeping, to be okay when someone's rejoicing and, you know, like... It, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean... Again, at, in life at Rooftop right now, there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. There's a, a lot of family members who are passing away. There's a lot of people with cancer. There's a lot of there's a lot of crap happening in people's lives. Uh, and, you know, we want to be encouraging to those people. But what we don't want to do is, oh, the joy of the Lord is your strength, brother. I mean, that's that's not what mourning hurting people need yeah. to hear. Mourning hurting people need someone to come sit with them and cry with them and listen to them. Uh, and that's the... That's what the church should be. We need to walk alongside people as they experience emotions that are both good and bad. And then my final point was uh, that churches should be places of hope. Uh, and hope is something that I've I've really been thinking about a lot this year. My sister lives with us, and her word for the year is hope. Uh, and you know, one of the things I said is that hope follows unhopeful things. Bad things happen. People get sick. People die. The enemy seems to be winning, but. One of the hallmarks of Christianity is persisting in the confident expectation that God is going to take care of everything. Uh, God's kingdom is going to come on earth as it is in heaven, uh, and eventually God's going to win. Now, in the here and now, that doesn't that doesn't negate the emotions, that doesn't negate the wounds, that doesn't negate the bad things that are happening to us, uh, but it does help put things in perspective. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the one of the things, kind of my 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 closing line was, 
uh, something to the effect of, you know, someday in the future we're all going to take hold of healing. The healing that we're supposed to get in the church, and it's not going to come from, uh, you know, any sort of outlandish magical source, and it's not even going to come through modern medicine. It's going to come through the blood of Jesus. And that reality, that uh, truth that we get to look forward to, that should give us hope uh, amidst all of the instances where we need healing. Yeah, I think that's that's really important, especially the fact of uh, that balance of, of, like you said, you don't want it it's just to be like, okay, well, we have eternity in Christ, so that's it. You know, like, right. you have to have that balance, like, you know, lean on that, lean on the fact that God is always here. God is going to win. We are going to have eternity. We are going to feel no more pain. We are going to just praise Jesus. And, and, you know, that's going to be eternity. But at the same time, you have to be like, but I know you're hurting right now. Like, what can I do? Like, how can I serve you while you're hurting now? Cause I know that that's something that's great and good to lean on, but it's not going to automatically help you right now. Yeah. And that's just really important. And one of the one of the ways I often frame this is as a community, we need to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And as individuals, we have to take hold of that hope. Right? We, we you, Roger, have to have hope internally. I can't give it to you yeah. when things are good or things are bad. That's the thing that should center you, even though, you know, you and I together are weeping or rejoicing. Of course. Well, Jacob, thanks for, for sitting down and talking with me. I always enjoy it. I always appreciate it. I appreciate it, Roger. Thank you. So if you want to reach us uh, via social media, we are at the Arise Church STL, both on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, we, you can listen to the uh, podcast, the Arise Podcast, on Spotify and iTunes. Um want to give us a like want to subscribe all that good stuff you know of course helps out but we appreciate it uh we'll see you guys soon